You're listening to Not Another Origin Story, the comic book movie podcast. I'm your host, Pogues, and I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Ben Chapman. I am here, and I watched a bad TV show. That's right, folks. Uh, as you may, if you follow our Facebook page, you may have seen that last night when we were set to record with our guest in tow, Ben had a bit of a, a sort of a minor emergency involving his house and uh, a leaky roof. There's and a puddle just... in my basement and a puddle in my ceiling. There you go, and those are the best places to have puddles <laughs> yeah. inside of things that shouldn't be wet. Mm-hmm. So to alleviate a little bit of stress, we went ahead and decided to postpone recording, but then our guest was unable to come tonight. So instead of leaving you with another week of a missing episode, since last time it was my fault, uh, Ben has graciously agreed to come on tonight, and we watched... What would we watch for this little special episode, Ben? We have long talked about uh, occasionally just trying out something different and branching out into the superhero television world, a burgeoning world full of pretty CW people that uh, don't belong in superhero comics whatsoever. Uh, (laughs) Or really good Netflix shows. True. And then really terrible Fox shows. So we branched out to watch the pilot to... Gotham, 2014 uh, television series that is still going. Yes, I think in season three, um, although I had heard that they had already, they had contractually obligated to do two seasons, whether or not the show succeeded or failed. I don't know if that's true. Uh, I've a deal. I have heard people say uh, that it, the show has gotten much better and it's, it's good. But my rule is you can never tell me that a show becomes watchable after like the first or second season because I'm like, that's, that's a lot. You know what I mean? That's like saying, well, yes, smoking sucks at first, but once you do it long enough, it's fine. You know what I mean? Yeah. I never, I really, I watch uh, agents of shield. I don't recommend that show to people simply because I'm like the first season's not good. It's just not, it's right. It's real blase. It's not worth really watching unless you wanted to watch it, which case you already have. So I never recommend it to people because I'm like, I don't want to say, yeah, as long as you can get through that first shitty season, it's actually, you know, an okay show. I think the only kind of shows you can get away with saying have a bad first season, just get through it, are, are shows that have, like, a, like, incomplete season. Like, um, like, Parks and Rec had a pretty mediocre season one. In fact, it almost made me stop watching the show. One of the, a show which eventually became one of my favorites. But it's a six-episode season one, so yeah, it's, that's, it, it's that's okay. It's easier to swallow, you yeah. Know? Or even if it's like sometimes, like you can, eh, I would say, like you know, if it's just like a short run, yeah, you can kind of get by. I was almost gonna say if it's a British show, but if our friend Frank listens to this episode, he'll get on me because he constantly wants me to watch Black Adder, and he's like, the first season's terrible, and I'm like, well, then I'm not gonna watch the show. <laughs> Uh, Gotham, by the way, for reference, is 22 episodes. So oh, yeah. Full I, season. That's, that's a rough commitment to something people will say uh, isn't landmark, but they refer to it as it gets better. <laughs> yeah, I heard somebody, they're like, you know, it's 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 an, like a decent show by the like, midway to season two. I'm like, that is... There is too much no. TV out there. That being said, I went into this episode knowing I wasn't going to like it. So, in an effort to be... Uh, impartial, I am going to, not impartial, but to, to, to at least cater to both audiences, I tried to remain positive, and I think I've succeeded at finding some quality things in this episode uh, in, in a way that I think that you likely have not, <laughs> based on your talk. Uh, no, I, I watched this, I watched the pilot of this show when it came out, because I liked the idea of a show about Gotham without Batman, and as we know, this show starts with the death of the Wayne family. 
Yeah, let's just get into it because that's what people are here for. Uh, even yeah, I we didn't know we were going to do this until right now. Yeah, which if you want to watch this, and you have Netflix. It is available on Netflix. The whole if you want to if you want to slog through that first season and tell us how it goes, uh, it's on Netflix. We watched it. The very opening of this, like the the press release I read was like it's Gotham before Batman. Like what what made the Gotham that created Batman? I was like, oh, that's interesting. You know, that'll be like kind of like a Law and Order Gotham. And what's up in the forefront right away? Uh, we see a girl who clearly is Catwoman steal some milk, a wallet, and then watch Bruce Wayne's parents kill. To be clear, we encounter That's the cold open. The world's worst pickpocket. I mean, the worst. Oh, yeah. Her two Her acts. Pickpockets. Yeah, the one is to cut a bag open publicly, in which that you can see the extras in the background going "Hey!" and looking right at her, and being like, "You took a thing." And then walking up, jamming hand her hand to a man's pocket, stealing his wallet, basically making eye contact, and then just leaving. The fact that and then she being can surprise when he when he catches her, it's like everybody knew you just stole his wallet. Like you, you were the she is the worst pickpocket. And thankfully that guy's just kind of slow. But it also pissed me off because when I first encountered the idea that we were gonna that Gotham was becoming a TV show, I said, "Cool." Except I'm not interested, and this I said this before it came out, I said I'm not interested because I know right away someone's going to go, hey, Edward Nigma, don't make a riddle, and I'm going to be like, and then wink at the camera, and I'm gonna be like, ugh, and then guess what fucking happens in this episode? That line is said almost word for word. Yeah, it's, it is insane mm, how they cram in as many characters as they possibly can and try positive. to set the backstory. But then what's also weird is it doesn't, like, make sense because, like, how old do you think that girl was who was playing cat, the young Catwoman? I, I don't know. I guess, like, 14. I thought that, but some of the close-ups, I'm like, that girl's, like, 20. Well, I mean, yeah, and but Bruce she's Wayne 14 like for he's TV. Like, he, yeah, sorry, you're right. But don't forget, we put, we, looks like he's 8. Don't forget, we put Freddie Prince Jr. In a, as a high school student, so we do that. It's fine. <laughs> That's true. Everybody in 90210 was, like, in their yeah. early 30s. But still... Staying positive, the opener is uh, the, the the first third of the of the of the episode. I keep almost trying to say film because I'm not used to this, but the first third of the episode is terrible. But it starts to turn around, particularly when Fish Mooney comes in. Uh, we're getting a little out of order. That was the turnaround, huh? I honestly did. I thought that that uh, uh, what's her name? Oh God damn, uh, Will Smith's wife it's not how i want to refer to her but uh zeta pinkett smith that's her right yeah that's it um i think she kills it because there's this weird noir uh noir vibe running through it most of the time it's terrible and on the nose like when they say things like skull scale huggers and shit that you wouldn't say ever it's bizarre uh, gordon refers to bullock as lackadaisical and slovenly yeah, it, the, the, it's like they just Googled the word noir and just jammed shit in. And she's part of that, but she's like diva playing this character up so much that... She feels like she could have segued into, uh, what's that that show, Empire? The one about the record companies? Yeah, but that's a good thing, because that show is fantastic. Yeah, that show's actually good, but like, her, her character does not fit, like... There is sort of that idea when you're watching it that you're like, oh, it kind of has the, the Batman animated series feel where you're like, what year is this supposed to be? Is it supposed to be now? Is it supposed to be an alternate time? But she is like, you're like, oh, I don't know what's going on here. She has like dyed tips of her hair and she runs a nightclub, which apparently has stand up comedy and burlesque. 
my kind of theater. Yes. True. I guess that is your dream. I well, was waiting for to make reference to the comedian as being the Joker somehow. I was too. We're jumping around, but the point I'm getting at is that some of the people in this show, particularly in the second and third acts of this episode, uh, are doing really good performances. Particularly both mob bosses, Falcone and and Fish Mooney, are pretty good. They're pretty solid. I strong disagree on the Fish Mooney. Uh, either way, There's I think... There's a weird expectation to her voice that was driving me crazy. But I felt like I could recall her scenes. Whereas, if you ask me to recall anything that happens in the opener, which we'll talk about now, I can't. Because that entire opener could have been an episode of Gotham CSI. It is so Mad Lib Cop Show, it's ridiculous. It's the bad Except show. for it is Mad Lib Cop Show by somebody who only knows that there's a thing called Cop Shows. Right. It, 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 like, their investigation like, of the crime scene is ludicrous. There's just people walking around the bodies. Yeah, I mean, and like, at this day and age, I'm like, they either need to go... I thought it was... Did you ever read Gotham Knights, the comic? Uh, no. Gotham Knights is about a precinct in Gotham and how it deals with all the crazy shit that happens that, like, Batman doesn't necessarily get to, you know, because there's, you know, Gotham's so overrun with crime, and they're dealing with, like, low-tier supervillains who are trying to, like, make a name, and it was a very interesting series. That's what I thought this was going to be, and it was sort of going to show how Gordon, you know, a little bit of year one, Gordon fighting the corruption in, in Gotham, and then I I did assume the whole time that this the first season would end with the murder of the Waynes, and I was like, that'll be interesting, because for the first time, and really uh, anything that I can think of Batman-wise... This this show could really characterize the Waynes and really, you know, build them into something more than just like they're his parents and they're dead. They seem to be pretty cool parents. But instead, right off the bat, dead. I was just like, that's when I knew, like when I was watching on TV, I was like, uh oh, this isn't good. Yeah, it's supposed to be Gotham without Batman, but you're instantly doing Batman's origin story, which means you didn't even think the show had enough strength as a show to carry unless you started with a Bruce Wayne. Yeah, you open with a, cl- a, a crutch. You open with a big, big crutch, which is the, 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 the Wayne murders. That's, like, what people are expecting. You know what I mean? And to just walk into it in two minutes is Like I said, lazy. it's a open. Like, that happens. Yeah. He dies, and then the Gotham logo comes up. So that's the opening for the entire series is Bruce Wayne's parents are dead. And then you get the idea by the end of this episode that the entire first season is going to be trying to figure out who really killed the Waynes with other bullshit happening. But really, it just becomes it's Gotham before Batman puts on the suit. But then, like, later, you know, Bruce is like, can you teach me how to fight? And he goes, uh, you know, they eventually I saw a teaser for like the second or third season where they figure out who actually killed the Waynes. And Bruce goes to shoot him with a gun. And it's like the show is just bat. Like, if they were going to do that, it should just be all a young Bruce Wayne then. Give me, like, Bruce and his teens learning how to fight or something. That would be more interesting than what I get. Right. If you're going to do early Batman when he's a kid, you've got to give me, like, interesting, nuanced characters. you got to be world-building and something. But they don't do any world-building. Any. There is no new details here. We have this. We have villains that are already established. That's fine. They're doing the exact things you expect them to. We open with a CSI movie murder. We move on to two cops with different attitudes. And then... What? What is insane is it's implied that this is Jim Gordon's first day as a detective. Yeah, his first day. His first day is in Gotham. At HR, like, like meetings. 
But like he like they make it sound as though because he comes down, he says, "This is your first day." I swear is what Bullock says to him. At one point, I was sure I was missing dialogue, so I turned on closed captioning, and there's like tons of parts where the closed captioning says different lines than the people are saying, and a lot of times it just says inaudible. Yeah, <laughs> so I was like, "This is not helpful." My closed captioning side note was pretty hilarious. Specifically, at some point, Jim is concerned about the man being beaten up behind Fish Mooney's bar, and. When he asks about what's going on, you know, they offered to go, oh, go see if they'll, you know, you know, press charges because he knows they won't because, you know, they're all mobsters. But um, when he when he says he's going to go check it out, Fish Mooney says, um, mi casa es su casa. And the, the subtitle just said Spanish. Yes, it does that later when uh, like, Falcone says something. I thought that was insane. I was like, that's a pretty well-known that's expression. A, that's a well – you could write just mi casa es su casa in the bottom of the screen – we got it. Like, <laughs> which I also found was like, like I also found kind of a. Hold on, that's like somebody being like, they're in like a Mexican restaurant, and someone's like, "Hey, can I get some fajitas?" And then they're just like, "Hey, can I get some Spanish?" Like, I thought that like what I thought was <laughs> offensive was like, well, she doesn't say Spanish. Like yeah. she says it out loud. Write it for the deaf people. Maybe they can read Spanish. Like, don't take that from them. Don't just assume they only know one language. So bizarre. But my point that I'm getting at overall is that the first third is opening on a CSI murder with a boring CSI setup. We get two cops. One's one literally just says, "I'm a bad cop," basically with every line. It's never like nuance. He has z- Harry Bullock has zero gray area. Fucking. I was gonna say everybody zero. is painted with the broadish brush they could find if i were to Gordon doesn't do anything wrong everybody else is clearly corrupt uh you know his partner's drinking alcohol and then taking like my lanta or some shit he also hates jim right away but again this does anything the first day he's worked there and instantly he's like i hate you but even more weird was this was just more of a design note uh did you notice that in the beginning to show how good Jim is at his job where he tricks a guy into thinking he gave him pills and punches him. The fucking holding cells for the Gotham PD are right next to the bullpen. Yeah. Like, like, like you're filling out paperwork and some drunk guy just can start pissing on you. Yeah. That is not how holding cells work. No, you're not right next to people investigating crimes. I will say that now that we're into this, this is I, I, I opened this episode saying I'd be positive, and I have so far failed miserably because I had a lot of rage to get out. Uh, I don't know. You were positive about set that. design, pretty fucking good. Really, I would say part some of it's a, a punt. I, I disagree. That uh, the the bullpen uh, of, of of Gotham PD looked great. It was dank, okay. busy, but it didn't look looked good except for the fact that they put the fucking well, cells. So it makes it one. It looks like they're inside of an old church. But I, two, it's just like that to me was like this makes no sense. But I don't think that hurts the vibe. The vibe I get is they ride the line through almost every scene that we're in between like real world city and Burton City. And I think Tim Burton, having rewatched the old movies, way overdid it. It's cool, but it's it's so unbelievably false that it's hard to like register as a real place. This 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 these set designs are like they're they're, they're dank and they're dark and they're busy and everything's kind of painted black, but not in a way that feels like cheap. I don't know. It worked for me. I like the club we see for Fish Moonies. Uh, I like that. Yeah, I, I will say that I thought that stuff was. I mean, I guess you're right. Like the yeah. apartment buildings, the buildings all look good. A lot of that is just because, like, people we learned from the 90s that you don't have to film things on sets just because you own them. But yes. 
I, I and that is good. I just thought that like I guess that's just a, a sticking point for me. I just thought that was so bizarre. Overall, it, it does look very good. The production value on this show is extremely high. Yeah, uh, but just to round out before we go too long, some of the rest of the plot. So we established that uh, there's some sort of mob framework going on on the Martha Wayne murders. They catch some guy who apparently is Poison Ivy's dad. I guess, yes. For some reason, Poison Ivy appears as a child, and we know that because she calls herself Ivy, and then is just shown constantly touching plants. Anytime they show her after that... She is growing ivy in a pot in her apartment, which is a weird thing to grow, but it's just absurd. I want to be clear here. This is this is a television show that's supposed to take the nuance of Gotham Universe and extrapolate it over at least two seasons, as Pogues has pointed out. They have plenty of time. Yet in episode one, a guy named Edward Nigma says... Uh, what kind of gun do you think, blah, 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 and, the, and, and, and a character just says, no more riddles, Edward. Yeah, he says, I just want to hear the answer, don't give me these riddles. He calls him Edward when he first walks up, then says, I don't want to hear any riddles. Then after he, he gives one riddle, he says, uh, you need serious help, Nigma. It's like, really? And that would have been enough. Like, that would have been enough that he was, like, like leading them into talking about the scene. But then he was like... Someone asked like for a location that he might have uh, had a hint to, and he says, "Where can you go? Where you know the air?" Like, he gives some. He gives an actual riddle, like a real one. And I yeah, was, like straight up, which oh is like, my what's God. everywhere, but not some, not somewhere you want it to be, or something. And the answer is nothing. And that's like where I put the gun in my teeth. Like it's like, guys, this is the one thing you you that someone probably said, "Don't do, guys." When you're writing the first episode, try to avoid being on the nose with this shit because everyone knows it's coming. So try to also, like, also too. Here's they just a play. heads up. That guy would be fired in real life. If you were the fucking head of CSI and you only answer people in riddles, he would lose his job so fucking fast. I mean, could you imagine that guy trying to give testimony in a court case? Yeah. And then we introduce Ivy. What is it? Well, what's black and red and white red all over? You know, it's just like, God damn it. And we introduce Ivy the same way, which is, yeah, her like literally like clutching a houseplant and being like, hey, I'm ivy she might as well just look at the camera and wink like it's so annoying it's it is it is on the nose cheese but continuing to my original point we move to the plot to this point where we kind of get to something actually somewhat decent of a of, of, of a move because at, up to this point another thing that's bothered me is it's easy to make fun of this show right it's a television show where they can't swear or be overly grisly it's a television program they yes. have they have years of characters to work in. They can't be expected to do it all with grace and aplomb. So it's easy to make fun of, right? But my initial problem going on into this episode is there's no Batman themes. There's no any of it. Like, it's just cop shit, cop shit, cop shit. It's boring cop it's, shit. It's, it's cookie cutter. Like, it might However, as well be like somebody tried to write L.A. Confidential. And then they were just like, just set it in Gotham and take out all the parts that are interesting or detailed. However, when Falcone shows up, and uh, there's sort of this well, – well, around the time that Falcone shows up, uh, 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 Gordon, Gordon and um, Bullock are sort of getting involved with like the underworld aspect of Gotham because they know that they have to be sort of uh, a shoulder-to-shoulder -shoulder with the criminals, keeping an eye and also letting things slide so that they can have sort of a relationship. That's not new shit, but it is at least a theme. It's at least something other than just, like, cliche murder bullshit. And we start to push it further towards the end when we have his uh, the, the penguins walk down the pier. Uh, we actually get this moment where Gordon has to, like, commit to the corrupt Gotham world 
or be rejected by it, and he has to make a decision, and he does. I think that was actually pretty okay. I'm not saying I loved it, but it pointed to the the idea that they had a potential to to sort of rise this uh this like cliche episode uh series out of like this disgusting world of uh hey uh i'm a police officer i don't like it when we do things by the books you're a boy scout like uh, yeah i mean like there is at one point uh bullock actually says listen to my advice for once at this point they could have been partners for no longer than a week and (laughs) probably three days right right and he's like for once as if they've been partners for years and like they go to your like sort of noir which is that's like a very noir kind of cop thing the uh, montage of them interrogating people, which has the swinging interrogation light. Oh, my. And, and a rock soundtrack. Yeah. And it's, it's so out of place in the show that I was oh, just yeah. like, what? Was this at, like part guest directed by somebody who's been dead for 70 years? Also, it's, it's just so weird. Also, a lot. I mean, a lot of, uh, of shaky cam. Yeah, and then, like, the running cam that's, like... They, I, I found that there was, like, a lot of things they did that they did once, and it was weird. You know what I mean? Like... They do the camera where he's, like, running after the guy and it's, like, really tight on him. And they do it three times, but, like, randomly. And then they, it's never shown again. So it just feels like they didn't have shots. And they're like, shit, we forgot to get, like, a, a cut in. So can you just go back with a cam so all we can see is white or something? It was just, there was that. There was the weird montage that went nowhere. It was just, I don't know, the, the directing was very weird. Yeah, you don't need a montage of interrogation for us to know that you've interrogated some people like also, go, go watch any cop show even the cheesy ones know how to get around that yeah and i mean it's also insane they're interrogating people like it's the uh casablanca like go round up the usual suspects like there's just this many known robbers walking around gotham yeah like, you know they're all criminals why aren't they a re- yeah it just they're clearly not like i mean place that they should be protected i'll write it for you just show them at the end of an interrogation of one guy and then cut to someone behind the glass or outside or whatever like throwing a file down and just being like oh man we've interviewed 12 people you know like that, yeah. that's it you don't need well, a rock montage just, come just on to, just go to one guy who's like the dude who knows everything like we'll go talk to jimmy he knows every you know fucking pickpocket in gotham don't you don't have to explain to me why he knows him. He runs a pawn shop. Good, enough, you know what I mean? Yeah. Just something like that where you're like, oh, okay. He says that no, no one's, no, everybody's talking about. It. Nobody knows who killed Wayne. So let's let's round it up here. I think we've uh, screamed about the same two points for a good ten minutes. Well, I so, will say one more thing though. Give, give me some give me some fast fire points uh, that you haven't got around to yet from your uh, notes. I this show starts. And instantly names each character multiple times as if they're talking to a goldfish. You're Jim, a Gordon, Jim Gordon says his name himself at least five times in the first five minutes. Uh, Bullock says his name. Gordon, whenever he says his name, says his full name, Jim or James Gordon. Uh, that to me, I you know, the Edward Enigma. Everybody refers to everybody by their full or partial name. No one's ever just like you know. Hey, they all get names for some reason. Uh, we're introduced to the penguin by somebody just calling him penguin, which at this point in time, he's just a skinny guy with kind of a pointy nose. Yep. Uh, Selena Kyle has Dickensian like outfit gloves and goggles. Don't understand why. Why do you need goggles in Gotham when you're going why on does rooftops? She, why does she decide to go parkour out in the cemetery to watch Bruce Wayne's family be buried? This yep. question. Um, hey, TV shows and movies never say the line. I hate surprises. I'm bored with it. I've been bored with it for 40 years. Don't use it. Don't tell me the lock and load. Don't tell me we have company. I've heard them all before. 
Don't uh, call the good cop Boy Scout. I will punch you. There is uh, also, uh, in this day and age, like 2015, we're supposed to be shocked that Barbara Gordon is bisexual. Uh, I want to call more people in life cool glass of milk. <laughs> that that wasn't insane. That is the thing. Like you said, the line talking is so bizarre. The choice of words. Uh, also, if you're a mob boss, be sure to hire a guy who thinks he's in a Saw movie to come out to heavy metal to dice people up with a butcher knife. Yeah, if you're uh, if you're going to introduce a mobsters, make sure to Google, are my mobsters ISIS? Uh, the answer is no, they're not. You're confused. Uh, also, when you get out of a dock and there's a bunch of barrels that say biohazard, drive to another dock. That is not safe. <laughs> also, why are they all exposed to the environment on the docks? I don't know if you saw that. They get out, and all of the barrels behind them have the Biohazard logo. Gotham, if you introduce one more character drinking uh, liquor and looking out of a window, I'm going to create a drinking game that will get people killed. <laughs> I think that's it. I think we're wrapped. <laughs> I think that's it, yeah. I mean, or, like, maybe don't maybe make one character who's not white be a good guy. Try that. Interesting. <laughs> So, so the points we can leave you with is the Gotham Television Show. I think, uh, and that's just my opinion, not both of our opinions, does show some potential by playing with some themes that are sort of Batman-like, uh, but also spends no time going through nuance. So much so that I googled Easter eggs for Batman uh, or Gotham pilot, and I got lists back that showed me nothing new because everything was so goddamn on the nose. It was pathetic, folks. Yes. Uh, I would say don't watch it. Uh, if you do watch it and like it, that's fine. Just don't tell me. Because <laughs> it our friendship. Uh, no, it was the, like you said, the lack of subtlety is shocking to a degree that they might as well have just named each character who walked in a Batman villain. They, they should have gone to talk to a psychiatrist that was... Uh, Hugo? No, oh, him or I was going to say Dr. Crane. Uh <laughs> Not Fraser Crane. Uh, so one of the cops be like, uh, I can't I can't deal with this case. I got vacation. Uh, uh, where's my vacation? Hey, calendar man. Where's yeah. my vacation? <laughs> the only character they could have worked in that would have been like easy would have been the serial killer. Zazaz or whatever. At least he's like a real criminal. No, he's an easy one. He's a gimme that even bother with him. Anyway, that is your roundup of Gotham Pilot. Look forward to other scattered episodes where we tell you whether or not to invest your time in most of these superhero TV shows. Short answer is probably no. Yeah, that's that's probably a good 10-4 right there. Uh, so here you go, guys. This was to make up for our, our sort of shortcoming. Next week we'll be back with the Iron Man episode. Uh -huh. uh, we've got a returning guest who people seem to like. Uh, he's got some good opinions, and apparently is a fan of Iron Man that neither be, me nor Ben knew about until we <laughs> went to watch the movie, and he knows a lot about Iron Man. So yep. that'll be good, because my knowledge of Iron Man's not super great. Uh, so we'll be back next week. Until then, you can follow us on Facebook at facebook.com, Pod. You can tweet at us at NAOSPod. Leave us comments. We'll read them on the mini-episode. That's about it for me. It's good to be back on schedule, because as you know, I hate surprises.